Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice candy. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from, put your dead son in a cemetery. It's him or carry, be very afraid. You'll be our number one fan and get carried away. All working, no play, you know it always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every nards? scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 Welcome everybody to Head Cannon. We're uh, we're back with a special episode tonight. Uh, myself, I'm Corey Jefferson. Um, my my esteemed co-host. You want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Brent Owens. Nice to meet y'all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we're thanks for listening. Thanks, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Really, hey. you know. Hey guys, gals. Thanks for listening. Yeah, just thanks Thanks for being you. Thanks for existing. Yeah, we love you. <laughs> I feel like this is an, NP, like an NPR, uh, yeah. you know, like, hey, you know, you're, you're doing great. If you, can, <laughs> if you can help us stay funded, uh, that would be great because we're public radio and, uh, we, yeah. you know, we don't, we're not for profit. We run off of good vibes and love, <laughs> peace and love. Yeah. Yeah. Keep, keep contributing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but this is... So, listeners, this is uh, an episode. This is actually the second one we're we're recording, um, yeah. as we're running up to to debuting the show. Um, so, this is one we're going to kind of have in reserve. Who who knows when you might hear this? It might be October before we drop this. It, what, maybe Ooh. we'll drop it in fucking twenty twenty two. Who knows? Ooh. What? But so. Uh, you need like a hype man. I do. I make may I'll just like edit edit flavor flav into the background, you know? <laughs> to the background of your life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how are you doing, Brent? How's your how's your day been? What have you been up to? Oh, I'm afraid I'm gonna be I might be a little slap happy tonight, man. I woke up at two thirty in the morning and then the brain was just like, We're up. Oh no. We're up. <laughs> What's it was there anything that like woke you up? Were, were your neighbors like doing construction or something or no, nothing. I just woke up at two thirty, and my brain was like, "You are awake. You're just, you're just, you're just, you're, you're starting your day." And I was like, "Shut up, brain!" And it was like, "No." <laughs> I so it was so bad that I even asked off work today. <laughs> oh Jesus, really? It's a really slow time in the year, so like, it was, it was cool. I've got Dave's days saved up, so like, it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, we're just doing like a review lesson or whatever. But anyway, yeah. I stayed home. I was tired. Yeah, I don't blame you. I'm, I'm good now, man. I'm not bringing us down or nothing. I promise. No, that's good. No, sometimes that like kind of sleepy slap happy mode. Like, hopefully you'll yeah you'll be real slap happy for the next hour or so, and then you'll just like crash yeah. real hard, you know? Yeah, I'll go to bed early t- tonight, and I'll be fine. <laughs> no big deal. I'm 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 riding the coaster now. That's good. I got my <laughs> my tea and a glass of wine. I'm good. Nice. That's funny. I was it actually I was I was thinking about mentioning to you, but this kind of fits right in. I'm reading a, a Stephen King book called Insomnia. Oh yeah, yeah. Have you read that or heard about that? It's yes. I feel was that a movie? They they probably made it into a movie. I feel like they make all That's his a, stuff into a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not read the book, but yeah, did you like it? Uh, so far, I, oh, you know, actually, Christopher Nolan had a movie called Insomnia. But it was totally different. It wasn't about maybe that's what, yeah. Maybe it was, that's what it's it was not based on the Stephen King, but yeah, I'm I'm maybe halfway through it. I'm loving it so far. It's about this guy who's like, uh, oh, I think he's like well into his seventies. He's retired, 
Um, and right at the beginning of the book, his wife gets some kind of cancer. I don't know if it's brain. I think it's brain cancer. Um, and she, she dies like right in the beginning of the book, like boom. Um, and so I guess it's kind of like the movie up, like immediately, immediately, like the wife is just dead. Um, but then, so he, he starts, he starts having sleeping problems and he starts waking up like earlier and earlier and earlier. And like, no matter when he goes to bed, no matter what he does, he gets less and less sleep every night. Um, so then he starts seeing like weird shit. He starts seeing weird colors and auras around people and these little monsters that he describes as bald doctors because they wear like white smocks and, and they're totally bald and their faces are real smooth and almost featureless. And he says they kind of look like little aliens and nobody else can see them. Right. But they're like short. Yeah. They're like four feet tall. They're real tiny. Weird. Yeah. But so he first sees, so like this guy, his neighbor, who's like a wife beater, um, and I think may have some dark forces like influencing him. He talks about these little bald doctors, but the first guy, the first time the main character sees them, they're like coming out of his neighbor's house with a pair of scissors, you know? And he's like, what the fuck? And he calls the cops. And so the cops come and and the old woman that lives there has actually died. She's passed away. So it's, it's real creepy. It's really well done. The characterization is really weird, but the funny, like the first time he, actually talks to the bald doctors he sees them and one of them's like trying to to like steal this dog that lives in their neighborhood it's a stray to like basically torture it or do bad things to it is the sense you're given um but so the old man like takes the dog he like calls the dog over he's like hey no stay away from that little bald doctor and so you think of these guys as like little creepy gray men aliens whatever right so then, yeah. and it's all, it's great. Cause I'm listening to the audiobook. So then the, it's, it's not, I'm not only reading it, but the guy who's reading the book does this voice for the bald doctor. And so you, you think they're like these real creepy, like mystical creatures. But so, so the old guy takes the dog away from him and the bald doctor's like, Hey, you, Hey, fuckhead. Hey, you, you give me back that, give me back that fucking dog. <laughs> I'm going to fucking cut your throat. You son of a bitch. <laughs> and you're like, it's just like not what I expected the little bald doctors to sound like, you know. No, it's demented. I like it. Yeah, but it's That's pre- great. My na- my neighbor is using a bandsaw, so I'm gonna go back inside. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I couldn't figure it picked up. And I couldn't hear him, but maybe he heard me cussing like a uh, like a little bald doctor. No, dude. Uh, I love I love it when an audiobook narrator is that is that the correct term? Oh uh, yeah. Just an so. audiobook reader like does like a really good job. Does like voices and. I don't know, like, really, like, it really helps. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. And this, and the, you know, this book is all about this guy, and it's really interesting. It's him, and, like, his wife's passed away, so it's him, like, hanging out with all his, all the other people who live around him, and the old people who go to the park to play chess, and it's just, like, kind of a slice of life of this dude who's retired, and it's him and all his old friends, and, like, kind of what their life is like in the, in their sunset years, you know what I mean? interesting because like there's really nothing wrong with his life mm-hmm. other than he's starting to go kind of just insane slowly it sounds like yeah yeah he's starting to see things and and it's really interesting to see you know because i because i because you know we're not we're not i you know i don't we're not even middle-aged yet or we're close to it maybe we're just middle-aged but but yeah. i still feel you know and i and this is a common sentiment where i'm like you know, I know I'm 36, but I, f- I don't really feel much different. Like, I feel a little wiser, and I feel like I'm a little, like, I thought some bullshit when I was 20 that I know better now. But for the most yeah. part, I don't feel a whole lot different. Like, I feel like the same person, you know what I mean? I do. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. yeah like, like people I work with, I'll forget that they're a lot younger than me. Do uh-huh. you do that? Yeah, especially when, when I was taking improv classes at, like, Second City and, yeah. uh... And, and I, cause a lot of those people were like in their twenties, like some of them in their, in their early twenties. And a lot of times I would just see them as like, Oh, this is just like another person who's probably about my age. And then they would say something and I'd be like, Oh no, you're like 22. You're like 15 years younger than me. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you know, <laughs> you're exactly right. It's so weird. Yeah. Especially when it's someone, something that like you, you, you have in common with someone else, you know, and they do it well. And so do you like the improv, you know, and so be, it's easy to like, yeah, it's easy to, to forget. It's just so weird. It's, it's like, you know, like people in education, like it's hard to, it's hard to think about cause I'm a late teacher, you know, like I went, I went back to school to become a teacher, but it's strange that there's like 
teachers that are, you know, like 24. Right. <laughs> it's like, Jesus, I remember being 24. I was not like, I did not have a teaching job at all. Right. <laughs> I job or something. I don't even remember. Right. Yeah. Or I'll, I'll, like, I'll look at stuff I was doing, like working at Citizens Action Coalition or stuff I was doing when I was 25. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, that was like, yeah, that was something I did not very long ago. That's like, that's me from like a month or so ago. And then I think I'm like, yeah. No, that's a fuck. That's like ten years ago. That's a decade ago. I was doing that. Ooh, I've got one for you. Do you ever? Do you ever try to remember what? Uh, what it was like with you and your wife before kids? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Because it's like I, I try to think about that. I'm like, I would come home from work, and what would I do? Like, I would just <laughs> right, and it was so quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. What, what did you, what did you spend your time doing? Cause now I feel like it's always like I'm working, I'm taking care of the kids. I get some time. I'm like, okay, you know, edit a podcast, like take some time to write a script or something. And uh, yeah, I'm like, what did I like time and money? I'm like, what, what did I do with my time and my money? Like 15 yeah. years ago, you know, like, I don't know where, I don't know you're, what I did with it. You're exactly right. It's so weird. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so on, but that's the thing about the, you know, especially these older characters in the movie or the, the book I'm reading. And there are parts where, um, you know, the older guy, he's like starting to have feelings for this other older woman. She's a widow. He's a widower. And so he'll be like, uh, you know, it'll be like, I started to have this feeling where it was a feeling I haven't had for a while. And I realized I'm horny. I feel real horny right now. And the guy's like 78, you know, and you're like, you're like, Oh wow. And, and it kind of comes out left field. But at the same time, you're like, you're like, yeah, I mean, surely am I going to be such a different person at 80 years old that I'm not going to have like sexual feelings? Like, of course you are. Of course you're going to have those thoughts right. and feelings. Right. They're probably going to be a lot less though, but yeah. Right. I hope so anyway. Right. Right. Turn that shit off at some point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I'm reading this book and I'm like, and it won't, you know, and part of me is like, oh, he's an 80 year old man. That's kind of creepy. But then another part of me is like, no, he's like a human being that feels like a human being feels, you know? Yeah. So. Oh yeah, man. I think it's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be insane to be that old, you know? Yeah. If we make it there, you know, it's It's going to be, it's going to feel incredible. I think it's like I said, yeah. Imagine a sense of accomplishment. You're like, wow, I'm like 75. Like, that's a long-ass time, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, when we're 75, like, we're definitely going to have to chill and, like, sit on a porch and drink some bourbon and just, like, play some chess, you know? <laughs> or something. Play cards. That sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, wipe, you, you, maybe, like, you take, like, a, a napkin and wipe the dribble <laughs> from the corner of my mouth or something. I'll, I'll wipe your dribble, brother. I got you. I worry about that, too, man. Like... Lasting too long. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's a balance. Walk in, they're all hobbly. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you don't want to go too soon or too late. There's there's like a fine. It's like a fine line there. You want to you want to try and you try and hit the bullseye. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You're right. <laughs> awesome. All right, let's well let's dive into the movie. And, and that, you know I think that's kind of fitting because this is a movie that. How old is this thing? Uh, I should. I usually have the year written down. I think it's eighty six. Brent, why don't you tell them the movie? Yeah. Uh, the movie we're talking about here. Yeah, it's a movie that I had on VHS as a kid. It was okay. Before I tell you the movie, the VHS had two movies on it. The first movie was Little Monsters. That's what I was gonna guess. No shit. Yeah. They must have been around the same time then. I think with so. Howie Mandel is the, is like the head monster, and yeah. Fred and Fred, Fred Savage. Savage. Yeah. So it'd be like a double feature of like monster movies, and after this is the movie we're going to talk about. So maybe maybe we could do Little Monsters sometime. I could talk about that. Yeah, yeah, I think we've got so it. The on second our, movie yeah. was um, Monster Squad. Monster Squad, nineteen eighty seven. Yeah. Nineteen eighty seven. So to get the gist of it, it's it's just like think of like a uh, suburban town. I want to say California or. No, no, no. It, it's very wooded, so I, I'm pretty sure the setting's probably um, like like Seattle or something like that. Mm-hmm. Could be. It's very overcast all the time. Lots of 
greenery and woods, but it's a suburban neighborhood. Much like uh, maybe like the Goonies kind of neighborhood. It looks like that. Okay, I can see that. So the movie opens up with the backstory, right? They, they, they toss you some backstory, and this was interesting. It's, it's this like Van Helsing character, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like storming. He's like he's like leading like a um, like a riot, like a straight up like in, an episode of South Park, like rumble rumble kind of riot, you know? <laughs> like the townsfolk have like pitchforks and torches, and they're storming Dracula's castle. And they paid a, a nice homage in the beginning with <laughs> like you would you'd picture like rats walking around like all the rubble and like you know, next to the around the candles and sarcophagi <laughs> but they use they use little armadillos oh yeah yeah like little armadillos and it's like, i think it's a homage to like an old dracula movie that's i think yeah way, i think it's a good movie to start off with because our last episode the first episode we are doing these in order was us doing classical horror movies yeah you know? and this is sort of like bringing them into the modern age yeah, no, that's a good point, and I think that's exactly what it is. Um, and I think that was the goal when they wrote this. And and yeah, it's the so it's the classic monsters, uh, like the Universal monsters. So it's Dracula, the Mummy, Frankenstein's monster, uh, the Wolfman, and the the Gill Man, right? The creature from the back, the Black Lagoon. Um, Didn't they have? I think that was the one that was like that had some sort of a um, copyright, and so they had to call him. I think they credited him something. Yeah, like, is, was it called the Gill Man in The Creature from the Black Lagoon? I believe so, yeah. Ah, uh, then you might, you, I don't know if you have IMDb up, but uh, yeah, there, for some reason I feel like that was like one of like, one of the trivia things that I found, was they had to oh. name it something. Well, you know, I don't, I don't know that it was technically called the Gill Man back in The Creature from the Black Lagoon, the original movie. So maybe that's why yeah. they called it Gill Man in this one. I'm not, yeah, because yeah. I, I think that might be a, a term that came later, you know, like there, everybody was like the creature from the black lagoon, the lagoon. And then eventually somebody was like, you mean like Gilman? Let's just call him Gilman. <laughs> he's, he's a man Gilman? with gills, right? Gilman, I work with Gilman. I, I know Gilman. Robin Gilman. <laughs> he does my taxes. I love, I love that guy. <laughs> but in the meantime, it is like a Gil guy, like with the web fingers, like trying really hard to touch the keyboard right and you're like they oh my taxes are the soaked the totally wet there's not i can't mail this to the irs (laughs) 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 smash the computer off (laughs) but i thought one thing about that that opening scene you were talking about was um like i'm sure dracula had done some stuff i'm sure they had reason to charge into the castle but but just to look at that scene like it just looks like this woman is chilling in her castle, eating uh, a possum or an armadillo, whatever she's eating. She's like munching on this creature. She's like having dinner, and then all these assholes break into her house and stab her in the chest with a wooden stake. You know, if you didn't know that there was some kind of background, you're like, damn, they just fucking broke in that lady's house and just stabbed her in the chest. You know? Yeah. And the home invasion game was fucking critical back then that's insane <laughs> they didn't have adt there wasn't like <laughs> there wasn't like the ring door doorbell right you know to see right yeah yeah they straight up entered your house with torches and sharpened pieces of wood and stabbed <laughs> you in the heart while you tried to just eat your armadillo right yeah she's just having a snack and these assholes burst in yeah it's not even a human. Like she's not even like eating human people. Although Dracula did have, didn't he have like a like a room full of like like women with like holes in their necks, like where he was like he was like they were like his his blood bank or something like that. I know. Yeah, there are at one point. Yeah, there are like three women in this movie. I remember them toward the end of the movie. They might have been oh. in the movie earlier too. But yeah, I'm not sure. Um, yeah. So so then what happened? So Van Helsing basically he. Everybody gets sucked into a black hole at the end of that scene. Isn't that pretty much what happens? Yeah. Yeah, they get sucked into limbo. Um, the amulet gets activated in Van Helsing and any any sort of like villagers and dead people, they, they and armadillos, they all fly into like into the portal or whatever wherever they go. Right. They call. <laughs> so then like it's like it flash for, flashes forward, I believe. I don't think I don't think we get to see the town or the kids yet. <clears throat> But it's like years later in 
what's considered modern times or 1986. There's a there's like an old plane being flown over the ocean. Right. Yeah. In it is straight up Dracula's like coffin. Yeah. Yeah, and these two pilots. One of them's one guy's a famous guy. I've I've seen him in other stuff. I forget. Yeah, I but, think um, I think that's because uh, I look. I thought he looked familiar to me too. But it's it's a guy named David Proval is one of the pilots. Um, he was in Shawshank Redemption, and and I think I recognized him as a character Richie April in The Sopranos, HBO Sopranos. He's nice. So yeah, yeah. So that's I, I recognize that guy too. I was like, that guy looks really familiar. But yeah, he, so he had a good cameo then. Yeah, just like just a couple minutes on screen, you know. Right. And he was yeah, I played like just like the worn out pilot. Who wants to like get home? Yeah, drink some, some beers or something like that. But no, no. Nope. Fucking Dracula wakes up. Yeah. When it, so he hears Dracula, he goes back to investigate, and yep. I think Dracula's trying to get in like the mummy's coffin or Frankenstein. He's trying to wake up the other monsters, right. I think. But then the coolest yeah. part is like that character, the pilot, like hits a button to open the cargo. Like he opens the trap door right in the in the yep. plane. And so the coffin falls out, but then Dracula's still just standing there floating. Like, he doesn't move at all, you know? <laughs> I think he even has his arms crossed. Like, yeah, he does. He's like, <laughs> he's like, you thought you, you really thought you did something, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you turn into a fucking bat, asshole? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he just, fly, and then I think he just flies out of the plane anyway, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So apparently they were flying right over this small town. So like the mummy, um, Gill man, mm -hmm. right. Falls from the sky. Boom. Splashes into like this swamp. Apparently right next to like a really creepy old mansion. Right. right. Yeah. Couldn't have been more perfect. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, Oh yeah. I'm good. I'm glad it didn't, I'm glad it didn't land at the, at the holiday inn. Right. <laughs> right. They're, yeah. They're just trying to like run their base of operations out of, out of room like 417 or something you know <laughs> it's like hey you need you need your sheets changed she's like no go away please we are busy <laughs> he's like i'm so glad this didn't land near an arby's yeah <laughs> right <laughs> or maybe they'd be like they'd be like yeah we keep sending uh you know people up to to go change the sheets on the fourth floor and they keep disappearing i don't know i guess everybody's like quitting this week <laughs> yeah, that's, right. <laughs> that's right and he has so many nosebleeds on his bed sheets. <laughs> right. Yeah, what is going on? Yeah, I've only ever seen this, like, grown man in there, but I guess he's on his period. I don't know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah, that's a... spotting all I've... over these sheets. Yeah. <laughs> I've yet to become a woman. Um, so so then after that, I think we're introduced to the kids. Mm -hmm. uh, they're, 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 they're hanging out at school. They've got this like small club where they call themselves. They don't call themselves the Monster Squad yet. I don't think. Mm -hmm. that but they're definitely like all about their clubhouse, which is. I just remember being the clubhouse was so awesome. Yeah, I remember just like going up, like watch this movie over and over. It was up in a tree. You know, it was like cool to get in there, like a nice trap door. Um. Yeah, and and so. So they're, they're just like, they're like obsessed with like old school movie monsters. Yeah. Which is weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, and, and, you know, and it also, it reminds me a lot of kind of the setting of a lot of Stephen King's books, because a lot of him is that like kind of Norman Rockwell, small town Americana uh, setting, you know, and this even, this, uh, to some extent, this kind of reminds me of his second book that he wrote Salem's lot, which is basically about a vampire in a small town. Um, so there, there are actually some, like at, at least vibe wise, atmosphere wise, I feel like there are some parallels between Salem's lot and, and uh, monster squad. Um, yeah. and, and one of the kids even has, I guess this shirt has become pretty popular. Like people actually buy this shirt and wear this shirt now, but his, he just had a shirt that just said Stephen King rules on it. You know, one of the kids has oh, a shirt. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. yeah, that is so cool. So, and I, feel, <laughs> I feel like the the movie is very self aware, you know, with what it's doing and um and, and what it's paying homage to, and but not not its casual homophobia. It's not not self aware about that, and I feel like that's oh, that's right. Yeah, 
I feel like you they get, do drop a couple of those. Yeah, I feel like you you have that with movies from the eighties and this, you know, and because I've I've rewatched Bill and Ted recently, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bill and Ted's Bogus That's Journey, right. and yeah, I haven't seen them in a long time, and I forgot how much I love those movies. Like I I rewatched them recently, and I was like. These, these are, like, just truly good movies. Like, they're well done. They're doing exactly what they want to do. Um, but then both of those movies has a point. I think it's only once in each movie uh, where they drop the F-bomb. You know, they're, like, yeah. you know, ca- calling, calling yeah, the guy yeah. a, a homophobic slur. And it's, like, I don't know. You know, you're, like, I know it was the 80s. I know people, apparently people thought that was a little more acceptable. But watching it now, it's just, like, you know, you just hate that there's this, like, one cringy moment in an otherwise like pretty pretty perfect movie you know in, in that yeah and that it also did not make people cringe back then like mm-hmm. they were like oh what a good line you know like yeah. as they throw bill and ted off the cliff or whatever you know mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah but it's it's super cringe yeah it's, it's gross yeah well and i think there's yeah, and, and like that they bully they bully a lot in monster squad too um the horace character I don't even think you know his first name until like the end. Everyone yeah. just calls him Fat Kid. Fat Kid, yeah. Yeah, and it's and that that's kind of lame. <laughs> well, there's that, and and then there's also yeah. like, and I feel like every '80s comedy had a scene where they're like peeping on the girls and like looking at that at girls get undressed either in the locker room or in this movie they're looking like, and it's I mean they're kids and it's it's a teenage girl so but but for us as a viewer like. You know, they're making a movie, they know adults are going to be watching it, and you're peeping on this teenage girl. I doubt the actress is a teenager, but still, you've created this reality. And the whole situation is problematic, like, peeking at a, you know, regardless of her age, like, like what peeping on somebody. But I feel like that's just something that was generally, because every, you know, what, like, Porky's, Animal House, fuck it, like, every yeah. comedy in the 80s has a scene where they're, like, peeping through a hole and like watching girls get naked and i, I feel yeah. like at that time they were just like oh how do we write a scene where we can just like show a naked woman oh i know let's just have them like sexually assaulting them peeping yeah. on them without their consent you know yeah and they were just trying to save the writing it seems like because it's i think in their heads it was like well in no way uh, would women sleep with the characters that we wrote right so how do we boobs in the movie right oh, okay they become the characters is even more lame. That's that's the problem. Yeah, how do we? That's yeah. the main. I, I imagine them with the notebook with it, like yeah. a, a sentence so, yeah, they, like they, circled they, and underlined, like, like how do we get boobs? Take, they have like a like a photograph of the girl. That's even yo yeah, yeah that's even worse. And then they blackmail her with it. Frankenstein's right. Frankenstein's monster takes a picture and they get her to help them because they blackmail her with the picture. Like there's some pretty reprehensible behavior. Yeah. <laughs> but they do save the world. They t- <laughs> right, right. So I guess when the army people come in the end, they're really there to arrest them right. for assault. But then they're like, "Oh, they opened a portal and got rid of Dracula." Right, fantastic. <laughs> they're like, "Good, good job, good job, boys. You saved the world." Uh, also, we're gonna have to oh, file charges. Monster Squad. So <laughs> yeah, it's like the ragtag team, like. I don't know. Maybe I didn't give them credit because, like, they're not really the ones spying on the girl. To be quite honest, it's like, it's it's like the cool bully. Oh, guy. it's Ru- yeah, Rudy, like, right? Ru- who like, yeah, we meet him and he lights a, a match on his shoe. To, yeah, that's right. Skids to a halt. Oh, I remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Horace is eating the candy bar. The yeah. kids slap it out of his hand because they're like, "Why are you so fat, fatty, or whatever?" You know, terrible stuff. And like Rudy makes them eat it, makes the kid eat it off the ground after he steps on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is interestingly enough, that's the bully is the older brother from the Wonder Years, right? He's Fred Savage's older brother in that TV show. So, what's that guy's that's name? Right. Hold on, I wrote it down. Uh, yeah, all those kids, man. That was that was their that was their time to shine. Yeah, yeah. Jason Hervey, Hervey, whatever. Yeah, that's the guy from the Wonder Years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, the the younger kid. Well, I think even that the girl in that movie, she was the older sister of one of the boys, right? Isn't that right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think I think it's the older sister of the kid with the dog, maybe. May, yeah. Maybe. So, and I and just Which, wa- by the way, you know, you know what I'm talking about like the smallest of the monster squad, the little kid. Are yeah. You there? Yeah, I think. Yeah. I don't have his, let's see, do I have his name? So there's Sean and Patrick are the main kids, and then there's Fat Kid, 
uh, Horace. And then, yeah, I do know who you're talking I don't have his name written down, but yeah. Yeah, hold on. Uh, um, he has one of the best the best scenes in the movie. It shows him, and he's 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 like a, he's in bed, and then he wakes up and he goes to his parents' bedroom, and his parents are like, "What?" They're like asleep. He's like, "There's a monster in my bedroom," and they're like, "You little piece of shit!" <laughs> they're like horrible to him. Yeah, know? yeah. The the dad is like real dismissive. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes in. He goes into the bedroom, the kid's bedroom, and the kid's standing beside his bed. And the dad opens the closet door, but he's facing the kid. And he's like, oh, look at the scary monster. Look at the scary monster. But, like, the mummy is actually in the kid's closet, like, staring. Right, yeah. He's like, oh, look at And he's like, stop reading those comic books, you piece of shit. You know, so I don't think he calls the kid that. Right. But But that's the, you can tell, that's kind of what he's thinking. Well, and I was wondering, like, what is the mummy, why is the mummy in this random kid's closet? Like, I want to know why that happened. it's not really explained. It didn't really make sense. No. Yeah, so the mummy really didn't have like a major role in the movie. He just sort of like walked around and they cut to the mummy every now and then in the movie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I feel I feel like Gilman did have some parts, but uh he, he too was like pretty underutilized. Um so I feel like obviously Franken, you know, Dracula was the leader and then you've got Frankenstein's monster who befriended the kids and kind of kind of defected and betrayed his fellow monsters. Um, and then the, uh, the one other monster I felt like, I feel like got some play was the Wolfman, right? And you, you're kind of introduced to him in the, in the police station. And I know we kind of talked about this before, but it reminds us of one of our favorite videos on YouTube, the Jefferson Street incident. It's, it's this great video of this guy tripping out and having a freak out. And it's a, it's a podcast, right? It's, it's these guys... And they're narrating the video, and it's it's just fantastic. But they they, they 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 do reference the Monster Squad, where this guy's in the police station, and he, he's like, they say, I'm, I guess I'm copying their copy of the Monster Squad, but right. he was like, I'm a wolf man, lock me up. Like he's wanting them to lock him up because he knows what's about to happen. Right. Yeah. And he, he goes as far to like grabs a gun. Yeah. And he fires it three times in the air. And you know what happens? Freaking nothing. The cops don't <laughs> go down immediately. No. Like, can you imagine that happening? Yeah. Well, it's because he's because he's a white guy, right? I think. <laughs> right. If you had if you had a black man, wolf man, it'd go very differently. You know. Oh yeah. He wouldn't <laughs> even made it that far. Lock me up. Okay. Let's go. Yeah. Not already done. You're already in jail. <laughs> you're already in the cell. So yeah. So that's. So the Wolfman, and then, so then it gets on to, uh, oh, one, one of the other things I thought was funny was talking about the, uh, the dads who are like kind of dismissive of their sons. Um, there's a lot of that, isn't there? Yeah. Cause the, the, the main dad, the cop, uh, who yeah. I, interestingly enough is a guy named Steven mocked, um, which he didn't really do a whole lot besides this, but apparently he was Gene Roddenberry's first choice for Captain Picard in Star Wars the next or Star Trek the next generation um wow. which of he's course that, he was good in this movie yeah he was good yeah he was good I, and I could I could almost see him I mean I'm glad it went to Patrick Stewart because who doesn't love Patrick Stewart but I feel like this guy could have been like would have made a pretty good Captain Picard yeah. you know oh for sure yeah. even the mom was a, is a real famous lady you have her name written down yes uh Mary Ellen Trainer. yeah she was like born to play people's moms. She was, <laughs> she was, yeah, and like everything. So was she? She was in the Goonies, Parker Lewis can't lose, Ghostbusters two, uh, Die Hard, Lethal Weapon, Death Becomes Her. Like some of my favorite movies. I love, I love yeah. Death Becomes Her. Um, and the, I think probably her coolest role for her was the she's the therapist in like all four Lethal Weapon movies. So okay, that's awesome. Because they have. Yeah, I and, forgot about and actually, this is a good thing to kind of mention in the current, like, because I imagine a lot of people, if they're listening to this, probably just watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier recently because who, you know, everybody's watched that. So that that was kind of a throwback to Lethal Weapon and other like buddy cop films, um, including The Therapist, where they're like trying to get family counseling to come together, which was a, was something that they did a lot in the Lethal Weapon movies. To, you know, Riggs and Murtaugh would go to, would go to, or at least while, while Riggs definitely had counseling because he was kind of a suicidal sociopath, but, uh, <laughs> anyways, yeah, so that, that woman, that actor, she's, she's pretty great. 
Um, oh, but at one point, so the dad, the cop dad, is talking to the son, and he's asking him for something. I forget what. But I wrote this line down because the dad's like, the dad like lights a cigarette and is like blowing smoke in the kid's face, which I feel like you would not have that in a movie nowadays. Um, and, and, the, and, the, and eventually the dad's like, hey, put your basic lid on it, <laughs> right? <laughs> Instead of telling him to shut up, he's like, put your basic lid on it. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. I don't know what that means. The dad does something cool though later. This is the other part where it's like, you know, late 80s, early 90s. They always made like kids' bedrooms look awesome. Their houses were always amazing. Clubhouses were incredible. Homeboy goes out out of his bedroom, sits on his roof, grabs a pair of binoculars, and is watching a drive-in movie. Oh yeah, and he's got the. the one. He yeah. gets the signal for the radio for it for the audio. Yeah. And I mean, how fun would that be? Yeah, I thought. And doesn't so the boy? I think the boys out there watching. And the dad joins him. And doesn't he bring, like, a six-pack of beers or something? Am I making that up? Like, doesn't he bring a beer out there or something? Yes, he's got a beer. I don't think he's going to drink with the kid. No, no. But I think he's him a cheeseburger. <laughs> I think he's, got, I think he's oh, got burgers or something. That's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. Oh, for Burger King. Because there was a lot of product placement, too. Like, I specifically remember a lot of Burger King uh, and a lot of Pepsi in this movie. There was a lot of Pepsi. Not Coca-Cola. To Burger King because they're like they're like maybe this 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 church isn't religious enough when they try to open up the portal at the end uh-huh. he's like great why don't we just go over and do it at Burger King <laughs> right yeah <laughs> yeah so I feel like there's definitely some like product tie in there with with Pepsi and Burger yeah. King <laughs> Camel cigarettes <laughs> Camel c- yeah the the dad's just like oh boy it sure is like what's that what were you gonna say. I was just going to say, the dad's like, boy, it sure is hard being a cop and keeping your marriage together. Thank God I have these camel ultra cool filtered cigarettes to keep me going. (laughs) (laughs) They keep the knowledge of my failing marriage deep inside the recesses of my brain. (laughs) Right. Like, like, they're they're like, they're on a rocky, they're on the marriage is rocky too. Yeah. The marriage is in a rough spot. What's that? A lot going on. There's a lot going on. Yeah, and the yeah, the, the parents are not in a good spot. And I wanted like kind of while we were talking about problematic behavior, one thing I, I did kind of want to mention was that there are there are basically three female characters in this in this movie, right? Okay. So there's the young annoying sister who Phoebe. Yeah, yeah. So and she does have some redeeming qualities. She she befriends Frankenstein's monster. She does help out a little bit, but for the most, for most of the movie, she's just like the annoying little sister, right? So then you've got this poor, the poor, whoever played the teenage girl, like the, her whole role is like, she has these dudes peeping at her while she's trying to change her clothes. Then she gets blackmailed with a, with a nude photograph. And then, and then she's like forced to go with them and fight these monsters and she's portrayed as a stuck-up bitch the whole time. Like that's her whole yeah. her whole role. Who's, who's like also sexually active? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who? I mean, like it's because she's like they're like well, we thought you were a virgin. She was like, but this guy he didn't count. Right. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't count the guy, so she's like ditzy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a good. And then the only other character is the mom, who I feel yeah. like like every scene you see her in, like the dad is like. I'm a police officer. I have serious job. Like I have stuff I have to do. And she's like, but what about us? What about our marriage? What am I, what are you, where are you going? You know? And she's just like the stereotypical nagging wife. The whole, the, I, yeah. I, I, I feel like this movie isn't very kind to, to girls or women. <laughs> You're exactly right. In the, the only other women are eating armadillos and getting stabbed in the heart. <laughs> <laughs> It's terrible. <laughs> oh god, I'm spit my drink everywhere. Sorry, I'm trying not to spit my drink everywhere. Yeah, you're right. And then there are also yes, there are. I forgot about the women who are either eating armadillos or getting staked in their heart. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh man, there's a Venn diagram there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. But <laughs> so. so so anyway, take so us in, take us into the end of the of movie. Go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
Oh, no, I was just going to ask you to take us into the, the back half of the movie. I feel like we're getting toward the, the well, end of the movie now. Yeah, so, like, the monsters have converged. Like, they've gotten a hold of... Because, you know, Wolfman was uh, kind of like a, a loner, right? Like, mm-hmm. he wasn't in the plane inside a box that got dropped into the swamp next to the scary house, right? Okay, yeah. He was already there in that town. This is all kind of like... This all must be Dracula's master plan, you know? Right. He's going to commandeer the house on Shadowbrook Road. He's got that dope, like, <laughs> that bends or whatever. Like that, oh, that yeah. With the skull, with the skull horn. Yeah, got the skull hood ornament and then, like, the teeth in the grill. Yeah, that was real cool. Oh, yeah. And so, like, this this house on Shadowbrook Road, it's apparently in the basement is where the, he knows somehow where the amulet is stored. And I guess the amulet gives him, like, supreme power, I'm assuming. Something, yeah. They didn't really, like, go into it a whole lot, did they? Like, it... Not that I recall, no, yeah. Yeah, so I guess ultimately, like, this is, the amulet can, can undo him. Mm-hmm. So he wants to protect it so he can never be defeated. And there's lots of, like, usage of dynamite, like, old-timey dynamite, like, <laughs> like proper sticks of it. Oh, yeah, well, because Dracula blows up their clubhouse at one point, right? Doesn't he? Doesn't, which, the image of Dracula throwing around dynamite is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely explodes their clubhouse. And I'm just thinking, like, it seems it's like twigs. (laughs) Yeah. it seems so petty for like an undead eternal creature of the night to be like blowing up these kids' clubhouse. (laughs) It's like, come on, you have something better to be doing, man. Like, (laughs) you're right. He could have done absolutely anything else, and it would have been horrible. Yeah. No, he used his dynamite to blow up the clubhouse. Right. Like a fucking cartoon, like Wiley Coyote. Right, like <laughs> it becomes it becomes sticks. Yeah, <laughs> like are flying out. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so over. Like one stick would have worked, but it's like it's like the, it's like what you tie to the railroad tresses as you're like about to rob the st- rob the train. Right, <laughs> it explodes it. You're right. Right, yeah. You're like, look, it's a, it's a kid's treehouse. It's not. It's not. You're not fucking breaking into Fort Knox here. You know what I mean? Like. You're not stealing the nation's stockpile of gold. <laughs> he could have dipped a sock in some gas or something. Just lobbed that in there. That right. Like anything would have Went up in flames. Like the kids built it. You know. Right. They weren't thinking about fire code or anything. Like that. Right. Yeah. I, I guarantee that thing's not up to code. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they also use the dynamite to release the amulet from the wall. Yeah. Okay. Explodes it, and at that point, the kids have made their way. Because they've teamed up. Oh, there's something I forgot to mention. And that is the most epic montage of them, like, gearing up ever. Oh, yeah. With this, like, song playing. Classic like, 80s the, montage, yeah. Montage, yeah. They're, like, stealing, like, bows and, like, creating, like, the, the um, Ru- Ru- Rudy is, like, making stakes. In shop class? Yeah. Well, like, and one of... One of them was like melting down their mom's silver, like taking the first because she goes and looks at her good silver and there's like one spoon left in there because they're melting it down to make silver bullets. <laughs> yeah. Like well, the other thing is that poor woman, like how often does someone like go look at their silver? Right. right yeah. <laughs> you know, it's probably probably because she was planning on getting a divorce and moving out and she's like looking through all her shit, you know? That's exactly right. Her, you know what? Oh. Her kid, her that was probably her plan was to sell that silver so she could leave her her son of a bitch husband who spends his all his time policing. She's like, shit. What do I do now? Right. What? Oh man. She's like, <laughs> she dips into the college fund. Yeah. <laughs> right. Her, their, their dirty divorce. Yeah. Sorry, Sean. Oh man. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. And Phoebe. No, it's Phoebe's. Phoebe, oh, Phoebe. We got, we got plenty of time for Phoebe to, like, we, we can throw more, more money at that. Right. That fund. That's true. But Sean. Yeah. He, he's getting older. You're working at the Burger King. <laughs> well, and there, you know, there, there are a couple other... What po- was a placement? Was her going to Sean and saying, like, we, we, I had to dip into your college fund to pay for the divorce. And then she hands, she, like, slides him across the table an application to Burger King. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. She's like, but you know how you can start saving. <laughs> Get a job. Right. Get a job with competitive, competitive wages and chances for advancement at Burger King. What a great employer. <laughs> That's right. You'd be paid wages that you couldn't possibly maintain a family on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Learn good right. <laughs> That's the thing, man, around here in Indy anyway. Like, I don't go to fast food places anymore. They're just way too understaffed. Mm-hmm. And and these poor people are just, they're just not paid enough. Yeah. And they're just, they just look so upset and angry. Yeah. Like, where I work, a lot of, and I said I don't go to them anymore. And that's because, like, they literally can't even, um, they can't even maintain the restaurant. They're so understaffed, is what I'm saying. Nobody wants to work there. Right. It, it's pretty, it's pretty sad. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of that. Yeah, and I feel like well, cuz it's just not cuz even if you don't have a family, I mean, even just for like one person to exist and live like 7, 8, 9, even 10 bucks an hour. Like if you have to pay rent and buy food and have a car and buy gas, like you just you can't even yep. afford to have a job. Like it's just not even worth it at that point, you know. No, I saw on a sign. I think it was Oh, I forget what anyway, a fast food restaurant. It said um, hired on like up to up to 15 an hour and there's no way that means you're getting 15 yeah no <laughs> there's just no way yeah yeah it's like is it 15 or not motherfucker what's the you know what's the way yeah yeah so anyway anyway oh so that you know before we get into the end of the movie there were a couple points i want to touch on um speaking of nice uh homages there's an uh, when Frankenstein's monster meets Phoebe. He comes up to her like at the side of a little lake or a pond or wherever she's at. And, and that's definitely a callback to the, I think it's the one of the early Frankenstein movies in the thirties where he like runs into that little girl and they're throwing flowers in the pond and watching him float. And then he picks her up and chucks her into the pond. Um, and like kills kills a little girl. I don't know if you remember that or if you. I just, I feel like I watched yeah. that in school at some point. But yeah, so That's funny. Yeah, which is why the the villagers are all like out. You know, they've got a mob for Frankenstein's monster because he doesn't realize what he's doing. But he like picks up this little girl and just like throws her in the water and she drowns. You know. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So luckily in this movie though, Frankenstein is more of a he's a gentle giant, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and he and you know he's played by uh, a guy named uh, Tom. What's this guy's name? Yeah, Tom Noonan. Yeah. Uh, Tom Noonan, who was like the axe serial killer in Last Action Hero with Schwarzenegger. Whoa! You remember okay, that guy? Yeah, the guy. He's in like lots of beige. He's got like long curly. No. That's another character in that movie. Yeah, no, I think this guy, he's like bald and kind of creepy looking. And I even think he's got like maybe a rain slicker on. For some reason, I feel like he's got like a bright yellow rain slicker on. Um, But at the end, I think he like throws an axe at Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. And then like, doesn't he like slow-mo like dodge the axe? Yeah, that's what I was, yeah, yeah. So it's got to be, yeah. Oh, no, no, I know the scene. I saw that movie a couple years ago, actually. Again. Oh, yeah? And, yeah, it's a great one. That's a great movie. Well, and that was also... I, I like... So this movie, uh, Monster Squad, was directed by Fred Decker, right? And his buddy, yeah. his buddy Shane Black. Um, so these guys were a couple of best friends. They lived in a house in Hollywood that they referred to as the Pad-O-Guys. Right. So it was all these dudes that would live in this little house and there was an open 24 hour sign on the front of the house. Um, But apparently other guys lived there with them. A guy named Ed Solomon, who ended up writing Men in Black and Bill and Ted. A guy named David Silverman, who went on to write for The Simpsons. Uh, Robert Renault, who wrote Demolition Man. Uh, A guy named Jim Hertzfeld, who wrote Meet the Parents. Uh, Apparently uh, David Fincher. You know, the director of Seven and uh, yeah. Fight Club, all that. He would pop in and, like, hang out with those guys. So, I guess the story is that Fred Decker had sold Night of the Creeps, right? It was a pretty popular movie for him. Um, and then things weren't going that well for Shane Black. 
but he finally sold a script for Lethal Weapon for like he sold that for like a quarter of a million dollars or something. He sold the script for Lethal Weapon. And then so they both had a little taste of success and that's when they got together and wrote Monster Squad, which which Fred Decker ended up directing. <clears throat> but so uh you know Shane Black would go on to you know he wrote uh Last Action Hero the Last Boy Scout uh, and his, and he got paid like $1.75 million for the last Boy Scout. And then he wrote a script for The Long Kiss Goodnight, which was Gina Davis. And yeah. I, I think was Samuel L. Jackson in that. So he wrote that script. And I guess that sold for $4 million at that time, which nobody had ever sold a script for $4 million. That was like the most. Um, really? Yeah. So then, so then that movie tanked. It did not do well. So then he went away for a little while. Uh, Shane Black had a hard time getting work. Uh, he would just party all the time in his mansion and everybody thought he was kind of over, you know, they were like, he did his thing and now his time's over. Um, but then he wrote a movie called kiss, kiss, bang, bang with, and got, and that was like Robert Downey Jr.'s first comeback movie too, after all his problems. And that movie's great. I love kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Um, and then, so based off of that, Robert Downey Jr. brought him back to direct Iron Man 3, which is like in the top 20 grossing films of all time. So I, I just thought that was an interesting ride that, that Shane Black has had throughout his career, you know? Yeah. With, and some amazing company he had, too. Like, rubbing shoulders with some pretty great filmmakers. That's yeah. Great. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, so take us into the end of this movie, Brent. What? How's this movie end? What? What? What do we? What do we end up with here? So, when the kids the, the kids infiltrate the the house on Shadowbrook Road, um, Dracula has exploded the wall with his crazy dynamite, and the kids somehow get the amulet, and they rush over to a some sort of religious place, right? Like that's what they call. It. They're like, we need a religious place, and they get like. <laughs> The scary German guy, remember him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They get the scary German guy, and they rally at this church at the center. And that's when, like, that's when, like, the older, the teenage sister is is trying to recite these words in German. Right. Nothing happens at the end because she's she's not a virgin. Right. <laughs> and um, so they point at Phoebe, the little girl, and she ends up reading all of the stuff. Uh huh. Yeah. So that's and so the and and that's fun. so that the teen girl she gets like blackmailed to come along and go for this whole ride, and she doesn't even end up like she you know she doesn't even end up being able to help out at the end you know which they should have realized they could have just used Phoebe all along. I don't know. Yeah. But although I would say that German is probably really hard for a little kid to like a little <laughs> American girl to to read or <laughs> recite, but she does it. Yeah. They open the pool up. And then at that point, they call it limbo. Limbo happens. Everything is getting sucked into the portal, whether it's evil, whether it's good, everything. Yeah. And so Monster Squad, they're like holding onto park benches that are bolted to the ground. Phoebe is like right next to Frankenstein. Frankenstein starts to like slide away. Uh And he's like, Phoebe. (laughs) And she's like, no, Frankenstein, don't go. And like, you want to cry. You want to cry when you watch that scene because it's so sad. It's her friend. And she's like, no, Frankenstein, don't go. And he's like, bye-bye. And he like, he kind of just like, it's just only like, they had the actor stand in one place and they filmed that. And then they just sort of like allowed that to sort of float around the screen into, in, in, and then circles into the thing. In the meantime, Dracula has like grabbed, grabbed Sean, I think. Okay. Something to that effect, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not remembering it completely, but Van Helsing flipping stabs Dracula. Right. Somehow Van Helsing has like the reverse limbo. Right. He come comes out. out. He comes out of the limbo. Yeah. Yeah. Comes out. Comes out of the limbo. Grabs Dracula, and then doesn't he like give him a thumbs up or something as he's as they're falling back into limbo? Yep. And uh, let's see what it, what else had happened. Um, Horus destroys the creature from the Black Lagoon. Right. Blows, he somehow gets like a pump action assault shotgun or something like that. Right. Blows him away. And oh, the, bull, the, 
bullies see him and they're like, "Good job, Horace." And he's, you know, they're like, <laughs> they say, I think they call him fat kid one more time. And they're like, "Whoa, fat kid." Oh, he's got nards or something. No, no, no. Go, oh, that kid's awesome. And he's like, my name is Horace, and he cocks the gun. <laughs> right. But okay, I'm confusing the two jokes because at some point they kick the wolf man in the crotch. Yeah, that's. I think that. And they use famous. No, go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say. I think that's when they they go to Dracula's mansion and like the he uses the dynamite. I think that's when he blows up the open the amulet. Remember. And the and the doorway collapses on Frankenstein, and then yeah. Wolf Wolfman pops out, and the kid's like, "Kick him in the nards." He's like, "Does he?" He's like, "I don't think he has nards." And so he kicks him, and the Wolfman's like, "Oh!" And the, and the kid's like, "Wolfman's got nards." <laughs> I love that word. Why don't people kids need to use that again? It's such right. a harmless word. It sounds great. Right? Yeah. Any kid. And I actually, nards. I actually, and I'll. I think I might do a little interview with my daughters and splice them in here too. Um, because this is actually, I've been wanting to watch some horror movies with them. Um, and so I've got a list and this was on it. Monster squad was on it. So, so when I went to watch it, I was like, Hey, you guys want to watch this with me? So my daughters who are, are 14 and then almost 12, they actually watched this with me. Um, so I'll cut them in here to kind of give their take on the movie. All right, so now we have our very special guests tonight, uh, my daughters, Grace Jefferson and Isabella Jefferson. You guys want to go ahead and say hello? Uh, hello. All right, and don't even pay attention to the fact that we're recording. Don't look at those sound waves. So, okay, so we're talking about Monster Squad. So I'm interested in your take uh, as a, a 14-year-old and an almost 12-year-old watching this movie because I think a lot of people who really like this movie now, my age, you know, people in their 30s, people in their 40s, remember watching this as a kid in like 1987 or the 1990s and you know movie they didn't have the special effects back then that they have now so i'm just kind of curious so what was your take on this movie grace you want to go first and let us know what you thought of the the 1987 movie monster squad um i thought for the time period that it was okay yeah i liked it and i feel like if i was watching it in the 1980s i would have really liked it too yeah Okay, nice. Any other thoughts on it? Um, the special effects mm -hmm. were not it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and you pointed out a couple things I thought were interesting. You pointed out that the, um, A, I think it was you that mentioned that these kids are going through a lot of trauma, and they're probably going to need therapy. Yeah. <laughs> that was something you mentioned. <laughs> um, and then you also noticed when the old guy, the scary German guy, um, you see the numbers on his arm, and you realize that he was uh in a concentration camp right he was probably a holocaust survivor yeah and had you mentioned that you said something effective the the nazis are monsters or yeah. he said he learned a lot of, or he knew a lot about monsters and then it cut to his arm right and i thought that that was um kind of like a tribute to how hitler is a monster yeah which is totally what the movie was doing which is cool that you picked up on that yeah, yeah that's absolutely what it was doing um Cool. So, Bella, what'd you think? What'd you think of Monster Squad? It was pretty good. The setup was good, except I'm used to the movies now that are a lot better at special <laughs> effects and everything. So it was it was really weird to watch because it was just so unrealistic at some times. Yeah. Yeah. I like the werewolf guy. It totally didn't look like a mask at all. No. <laughs> I feel I feel like I'm getting a little sarcasm there. <laughs> well, and that's, and I don't think we talked about this on the podcast, but that's, you know, Stan Winston did the the effects, which he's one of the, you know, revered as like the best as far as creature effects and makeup and stuff. So for the time, you know, you're, you probably used to seeing a little more CGI where they can like clean it up, make it look a little bit neater. Um, yeah. I gotta say the Wolfman's face was weird. I mean, cause there are, there are werewolf movies before this where the werewolves look a lot more realistic and a lot scarier so but this i mean this was kind of meant to be not a kids movie but not also not like a hardcore scary movie it either. was not yeah but if they made it if they did like a remake. yeah they they were going to do a remake at one point but that fell through as of right now they're not but they were they were thinking about it so you like the wolfman bella did you have a favorite character either any of the monsters or any of the people um i like the mummy the mummy yeah okay what did you like about the mummy how he was <laughs> like the shuffling mummy walk yeah 
And then when he disintegrated, when they shot an arrow through his bandages and the mummy just unraveled. Oh, yeah. Were you heartbroken? No. No. (laughs) That was not that realistic. That would not. That's not how you think a mummy would unravel? No. What are you talking about? That's not how he would unravel. I'm pretty sure he would just disappear. No. No. All right. All right. Well, anything else about the movie you want to talk or anything you really liked about it or anything you didn't like about it? Um, going back to the therapy thing, mm-hmm. the kids, I feel so bad for them because how old were they? I think they were right around 10, like somewhere in the, well, I think the one was a little younger. So yeah, anywhere in like the 10 to 12 range, maybe. Yeah. Imagine being like 12 years old and literally fighting monsters. And then <laughs> like, they're definitely going to need therapists at the least yeah. when they're older. Yeah. I feel like that was, I always enjoyed movies when I was a kid where the kids were like, we're going to take care of our own business. Like, we're going to do it by ourselves. Oh, yeah. That was ridiculous. That guy, out of nowhere, he just created a monster squad. He was like, guys, we have to do this. Who's with me? Yeah. Like, no, bro. We're not fighting monsters. It's ridiculous. Right. So you would not have gone along with him? No, I would have been like, you need help or something. Right. We can't just fight some random monster. I like the monster squad. No, it was weird. Cool. Just imagine your friend coming up to you and being like, hey, I saw some vampires and some werewolves. We need to create a monster squad. Yeah, sounds good to me. No, that's so weird. <laughs> so, Grace, you would be on board. I would. Bella would not join the monster squad. I mean, I might join it, but I wouldn't be the person who would be like, guys, we have to make a monster squad. And I'd probably get, like, an adult or something. I feel like in all the movies, the kids just do it themselves. I, I think there was one kid that was like, oh, yeah, no adults allowed. Yeah. <laughs> And you're like, why? Well, and then at the end, the kid writes a letter to the army. Yeah. That <laughs> and was... the whole army comes because the kid writes a letter. I'm pretty sure he was like, dear army men, men there's bad guys or something like that. Yeah. I'm... Which immediately the army would just show up, of yeah, course, obviously. after his letter. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, any other thoughts on the movie before we, we say goodbye? No. All right. Well, thank you guys for being on the podcast. Yeah. Yep. I love you. Love you. <laughs> All right. Thanks, ladies. Next week, we're going to be talking about 1982's Poltergeist. So prepare for that next week. And as always, you can follow us on social media on Facebook at Danger Explosion Presents Head Cannon, on Instagram at Head Cannon Pod, on Twitter at Horror Movie Pod. And you can follow the subreddit r slash horror movie pod. Also, you may have noticed that there was no headcanon on this episode. It was the second one we ever recorded, and we forgot. But we figure now that we're, whatever, 30 30 episodes deep, you can forgive us one, I hope, without a a true headcanon portion. Uh, I have a movie trivia that I remembered. Mm -hmm. Uh, The town town square at the very end. Dracula walks up to Phoebe. He picks her up by the neck. Mm -hmm. And he says, give me the amulet, you little bitch. Okay. The trivia is, that was the first time Phoebe had ever seen Dracula, like, with the teeth in, or, like, Dracula was always, like, this nice, playful actor guy. Right. Who would always talk to her. And that was their first scene pretty much together. And that's her real reaction. Oh, really? So think back to the way she, that little girl reacted. That was her real reaction. Isn't that messed up? That is messed up, yeah. But yeah, for those listening who haven't seen it, it the, the fear in this poor girl's eyes and face is insane. And it's the real fear. Right. <laughs> well, and I feel like that used to be like, especially in the 70s and 80s, and probably even after that too, but it used to be like, you know, directors would really traumatize people. They would traumatize women, you know, like famously the, the woman, uh, what's her name, Shelly? Uh, I, I'm going to get it wrong. What, the, but the woman who was in The Shining was like pretty much traumatized. But what's that? Duvall. Duvall. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. But she was like pretty well uh, traumatized by Kubrick. Um, oh, what was that movie where Marlon Brando and who was the director? Like they basically like sexually assaulted a woman in a scene. And, yeah. and so like that was that was that was a thing. They were like, you know, the director would be like, I want to get their real true reaction. It's like, yeah, but you're like you're like hurting and traumatizing a human being to, to make a movie, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, on, on a, on a lighter version of that, 
um, in the Goonies when the kids see the pirate ship for the first time. That's their real reaction. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a pretty good one, too. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, what happens at the very, very end, I guess, epilogue, epilogue, is the army comes. Because I know, because the little boy with the puppy wrote them a letter in crayon. (laughs) Right, yeah. said, monsters are here. Bring army guys or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so, the, so of course, you deploy the whole army, yeah. And I think it's the dad from that TV show Major Dad from the 90s. But like, it's like, son, what's wrong? And he's like, there are monsters, but we did it or something like that. And then Sean walks up to him and he's like, what went on here, son? And he's, Sean's like, yeah, we can talk to you, but here. And he hands him a card, a business card. He's like, who are you? He's like, we're the monster squad. <laughs> Cut to credits. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which is a great way, great way to end it. <laughs> and that, yeah. and I feel like, you know, cause that movie, what was it? The budget was like $12 million or something. And I think it barely made three. Like it didn't even make four. It lost a ton of money and it, it did not do well when it came out. Um, you know, so I think it's only later that people have started to appreciate the movie and, um, and really, you know, really come to love it. And, uh, you know, I wonder how much of that is a sense of nostalgia. I enjoyed it. Uh, I hadn't seen it because there are movies that I watched a lot as a kid that I have very fond memories of. Um, this was not, this isn't one of those because I feel like I probably watched it once or twice, but it wasn't one that I watched all the time, you know. Yeah. Um, so I was coming into it pretty new. It didn't really have any nostalgia for me because I didn't watch it a whole lot as a kid and watching it this time, I was like, you know, it's, it's pretty fun at times. It's an enjoyable movie. I feel like maybe if there were some nostalgia there, it would have been like, if I watched it when I was younger, um, maybe it would have had more of an impact, but, and I'll I'll let my daughter, I'll let my daughter speak about this, but you know, they're, they're used to watching movies from the two thousands and the 20 teens and all that. So they, I think they were a little underwhelmed with it. They were like, well, and I don't have their reaction, but I think they were basically like, yeah, that was kind of, that was short and kind of fake as hell. (laughs) And I was like, okay, well, you know, I was like, remember they filmed it in 1987. So it's not going to be, you know. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Without the nostalgia factor, it's probably not a great movie. (laughs) You're right. Yeah. Fun one nonetheless, though. Yeah, it's a fun movie, and a lot of people, I mean, it's got, you know, the recent reviews are great. I think it's got good ratings. People love it, um, and it, it is a, it is a, it is a fun movie, you know, so. Yeah, oh, sure, for sure. All right, man, this was a good review, I think. Yeah, 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 good episode, good episode. So, yeah. uh, all right, man, well, thank you, thank you for your time. Listeners, thank you for listening in, um, and this has been Headcanon. Headcanon. <laughs>